is that we can have a passion uh, way outside of those things. But a lot of times it takes a long time to figure those things out, you know, figure out what those passions are. And so uh, getting back to the original question, yeah, finding your why, being disciplined, uh, making the right choices. And choices are always tough because sometimes you don't have the experience to help you make the right choice. And then being desperate, wanting it bad. You know, if you want something bad enough, then chances are you're going to end up being disciplined because you want it bad. <laughs> so. so something that I know I struggled with and that a lot of young adults and even people who are older in their careers is figuring out what their why is. I know a lot of people go throughout just their daily lives, kind of not knowing what their purpose is. And my question to you is, what, what do you believe your purpose to be, your why? What's your reason for continuing to strive for success? Well, I, I, like I mentioned before, it took me a long time to find my passion. And so now I have it. And I know for me, it was just doing different things. Like, like I said, I served in the military. But even before that, you know, I worked in retail. Uh, I worked in uh, other types of occupations. And so all of those things shaped me and they taught me like what I really liked. Okay. And what I didn't like. And so one thing is look at what you don't like, <laughs> and that's going to help you find your why your passion. And also just the fact that, yeah, I got kids and the fact that I want them to have the best and I want to take care of them and I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want them to feel shortchanged because of something I did. And so that's always been my why. And I know, um, but in all honesty, yeah, when I was much younger, that was something that was a little bit more challenging. It was to find a why that was going to drive me to 3D success, to be disciplined, you know, to, to make the right choices and everything. So uh, I definitely could have, you know, I wish I would have found that earlier. And so, you know, I think, again, just finding that passion is so, so important because when you find your passion, then it's hard to not be disciplined. It's, so, it's hard to leave it alone. Mm -hmm. So something uh, that really intrigued me the first time I met you is that you're a public speaker. And that's something that I want to be in the future. And I know a lot of people are scared about like speaking in front of groups. So I guess what tactic or do you or what do you use, if anything, to like go up there and really speak with confidence and show that you may, even if you are nervous, that, that you don't show it? Hmm. Well, for me, I think it just had a lot to do with the way I grew up because I grew up in the church and, you know, yeah, as a kid, you, you, you're very shy, especially in front of audiences. But, you know, I had opportunities to sing in the choir, even though I'm not a good singer, uh, had opportunities to do things in front of the church. And so uh, that kind of conditioned me for being in front of a group. So by the time I graduated high school, it, it wasn't intimidating. And then also for me, being a teacher, I feel, you know, I had opportunities to speak in front of students all day, every day. And uh, so it's something that just hasn't been very intimidating for me because I feel like I've gotten a ton of practice. Uh, for other people that may 
be fearful of speaking in front of a group. I think the best thing is preparation, you know, preparing yourself as much as you can, knowing your material that will um, that's going to reduce the likelihood that you'll mess up. But here's the thing. If you mess up as a speaker, chances are you're the only person that knows that you messed up. <laughs> so that's an advantage you have unless you're broadcasting and be like, oh, man, I messed up. I'm sorry, people. And then a lot of times if you forgot something or whatever, they're not the, the audience will have no clue because you're the only one that knows your material. And even if you have you do make some sort of mistake, um, like, and I've had this happen on occasion, like maybe the wrong slide pull up or something like that. I always just make a joke out of it. Like, okay, the cat's out of the bag. I'm not perfect. You know, and just keep it moving. Because like you said, most people understand that, you know, getting in front of a group, you know, it takes a certain skill. So most people are, are, are very understanding, I found. And that goes back to like you being able to make out, make a joke out of it, kind of not taking everything too seriously. And you mentioned in your book, like how you should be grateful and have that uh, grateful attitude. And this goes to, back to one of your other tactics. And can you just describe this to the audience about what shape is? Yeah, shape. Uh, shape stands for success. Uh, you're responsible for your shape, your success, happiness, attitude, progress, and effort. All right. And so, you know, I'm very much into self-development and everything starts with you. You know, you have to develop yourself. And so if you look at shape, everything uh, centers on attitude, the middle letter, A. And so if you have a positive can-do attitude, then chances are you're going to have some success. You'll be happy. Uh, you'll make progress. And you'll take the efforts needed. But, yeah, you're the person that has to take the initiative. No one else can truly make you do something. We all have choices. And so you have to make a choice to determine your own destiny. So did you always have this positive, like, can-do attitude? And if you didn't, what kind of, uh, I guess, helped you build that kind of sense of self, sense of self-worth, sense of I can do this despite what other people are saying? What kind of allowed you to become that person you are now? Well, I, I, first off, I would say, no, I didn't always have that attitude. I wouldn't say I was a negative person, but I never, I was one, especially as a younger man, just didn't push myself enough. You know, I might have thought I was doing something, but I really wasn't. And um, going in the military and also even right prior to going in the military, my manager at Foot Locker, um, he sat me down one day. He called me in from home. He's like, Mills, his name was, I think he actually lives in New York. Uh, his name is George Jenkins. He's like really high up in Foot Locker right now. <laughs> And he called me into the store. He's like, Mills, I need to talk to you. And um, so I went in, though, because he wanted to talk to me face to face, I guess, man to man. And so I made a mistake on the books. I was his assistant manager and I made a mistake on the books as far as the accounting. And he's like, man, you know, you made a mistake. We can fix this. But hey, you, you know, let's talk about you. He's like, you know what? Uh, your demeanor and everything is he's like uh, you, you're just not exuding what you need to be exuding he's like you're a very smart guy he's like you're one of the smartest guys i know 
And that was kind of like a wow moment for me because we're talking about a dude that's been a, he's a very popular, gregarious dude. He's in the fraternity and everything, Kappa Alpha Psi. And just everybody on campus in college knew him. And for him to say that, it was kind of like, wow, you know, because he, again, he just was around a lot of people. And he's like, but you know, you're not, your head's not in the game. And, you know, you, you need to be living up to your potential. And it, it was a conversation that I really, really appreciated. And I needed to hear at that time because I was just really going through the motions of life at that time. And that was part of the reason why I joined the Army, because I wanted to have a little bit more direction, especially with a young family at that time. So I went in the Army and the Army is one of those things where they're not they don't make it easy for you to quit or take it easy. And so I learned like, oh, this is what it takes to be successful. This is hard work. And so that really set the foundation right there for where I'm at right now, um, because, you know, I started to understand, like, I had to push through. And prior to that, I never really was pushing through. I was giving up easily. And yeah, I learned, like, yeah, and I, I know I shared in my presentation a price list, and it's in my book, too. And I was committed to mediocrity prior to that. And then I learned what it took to be good or great. And that stuck with me even through challenging times that followed uh, being in the army, being an educator. When people didn't believe in me, I still was able to believe in myself because I knew that I was talented. I knew what I had accomplished being in the army. Uh, I accomplished some really cool things while I was in there. And so I believed in myself. And so when it came to speaking, it was like, you know what, I can make this work. It's tough, you know, it, it you got to grind, but, but, you know, by the time it was time for me to get into speaking, I understood that. I understood how to make that work. So something that I really resonated with is that you mentioned how, like, you struggled with working hard, and that's something that I struggled with as well, and I still do, wondering if I am working hard enough. And sometimes when you don't get that outside recognition, it's really difficult to know whether you are on the right path. And one thing that you mentioned is that you changed from uh, mediocrity to becoming good or even great. Was that a difficult jump? Because I think a lot of people in their minds, in their minds, believe that to change from mediocrity, mediocrity or being mediocre to becoming good or even a great person, that it's very difficult. Is that as big of a, I guess, hurdle as people believe? Or is it just like smaller steps that eventually get you there? I think it could be both. Honestly, I really do. Um, for me, like I said, the catalyst was going in the army and being in such an environment to where they don't allow you to quit or they don't make it easy for you to quit. So trust me, if I had, if it was a the type of environment where I could have, it would have been easy to quit, I probably would have when the chips were down in basic training. I probably would have been like, man, I'm out. I'm going back to Louisiana. But again, they didn't make it easy. I, I was like, like the first time I was really, really forced to push through. You know, I was getting a check, you know, in basic training. I had a young family and I'm like, OK, I, even though I didn't feel good about it, I'm like, OK, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going. Um, of course, everybody's not going to have an experience like that. But I think 
you know, success breeds confidence. Mm. And so you have to find those things. You know, you almost have to set yourself up for success. And I, I'm going to kind of take it in a different direction mm -hmm. because, again, I was in the military, but I, I feel like outside of the military, out here in the real world, one of the things you can do that can really impact your mind is to work on your physical body. Because once you start, let's say, getting yourself in shape mm -hmm. as far as either losing weight, putting on muscle or whatever else, the cool thing about working on your body is that it doesn't cost a lot of money. I know mm -hmm. people want to make it seem like mm -hmm. it does, but it really doesn't. I mean, you can go run in the park or mm -hmm. down your street for free. Mm -hmm. uh, you can join a gym for little to nothing. Or go to a gym for free, you know, on your campus as part of your tuition. Mm -hmm. And you start seeing results with that because that was another thing that helped me, honestly. Um, I started running about six years ago. And um, it's not something I like, even though I was in the Army. Mm -hmm. But I did it because for health reasons. and it all, it, But it really impacted my mind because of the fact that it gave me again, it kind of set me up for having stamina, not just physically, mm -hmm. but mentally, especially in the speaking game where you experience so many ups and downs in getting business. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's something I would encourage anyone to do. Take up getting yourself in better shape physically because it's going to impact your mind. And, I mean, there's so many people that you can read up on and they were like, you know, I was 400 pounds, 300 pounds. And, you know, I committed myself to losing this weight. And it changed my whole life. It changed my whole mentality, mindset around. And so that's one thing I feel. And I know some people might be listening to this and be like, come on, man, really? You know, I'm going to. No, no, because it's not going to be easy. Nothing that is going to bring on change will not be easy. But I feel like. Just changing your physical, we, we need to do it. You know, you want to be healthy, and just the impact that it has on your mind, I think it's just, it can do so much for you because then you start to focus better, you start to build confidence because you see, like, oh, man, I'm putting on inches on my arms or, you know, I'm losing inches on my waist, and, you know, you get the compliments. And success is really about confidence. Everything we yeah, I'm I'm a avid I'm a avid uh I guess person who encourages people to run. I picked up running during uh COVID like quarantine and I haven't really looked back since. There will definitely be times where I'm up and down and I think that's perfectly fine. I think people expect to kind of like start something and then to just go all the way through with it and it's fine. I think it's fine to like go through your ups and downs, your battles and I think that's exactly what running is. You mentioned mindset. And kind of giving you that mental fortitude, because when I'm running, there's a bunch of times where I want to quit. I don't like even though I, <laughs> even though like I enjoy running, there's a bunch of times where I want to quit. But it kind of reinforces into my head that confidence that, hey, I can do this. This is hard, but I still prevailed. So one of my other questions is that you mentioned faith as one of the things to keep in mind when working on your shape. And to me, nowadays, it seems that a lot of young adults don't have any faith in a higher power. Can you tell us why having faith in something other than yourself is so important? Well, I mean, there's a lot of challenges, obviously, in this world. There's mm -hmm. a lot of things going on. And so to understand, you know, that you, there's something outside of you 
and that gives you purpose, I think it's just just so important. Um, because, and I, I honestly, I ultimately feel like um, the spiritual realm will be able to, at some point, be uh, defined scientifically. Mm. I, I really do. You know, um, I feel like technology or whatever will be like, at some point, be like, hey, the, this is what we've discovered about this spiritual realm. And uh, because it's, it's, you know, it, again, there's so many challenges out there. And to be able to draw strength from something outside of yourself, um, I think it just, it, it means a lot. And it can really keep you going. It keeps you motivated. And I know we all have um, our own philosophies, uh, approaches to spirituality, and that's fine. You know, I'm not one that's going to say, "Hey, you have to be this or that or whatever." You know, I'm not. I, I can't. I, I don't have the knowledge. You know, to say one is right over the other. But I think you know, there's there's moral law and ethical law, and and so and and those are just kind of the natural laws of the earth and humanity. And I feel like if you use that as a guide, then, yeah, you know, you can draw from that to to find strength in your journey. So um, going going on to like another topic, what's the biggest thing that you believe contribute contributed to your success and where you are in, in life now? And then on to that, are there any things that you wish you could have done differently when you were younger? Um, what contributed to my success is like I was saying earlier, just uh, developing confidence and understanding the amount of effort it takes to make things happen. And, you know, that 3D success, that desperation, you know, I started getting a little older and I'm like, I want to make my mark. I want to have a legacy. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed for a while because I'm just like, man, you know, I don't, like where I'm at, you know, right now. I can honestly say over the past four years or so, five years, I really feel like, okay, yeah, I'm making, I'm making a legacy for my kids. And, uh, you know, this is something that they can say, well, my dad does this. You know, my dad has traveled the country. You know, he's spoken at 50 colleges. And he came from a little small town in Louisiana that was the second poorest town in the country. And so that was, that's been uh, very motivating. And what was the second part of your question again? Um, I actually forgot. <laughs> well, that's fine. Uh, so you mentioned legacy, and I think legacy is something that everybody wants to leave behind. So I guess when it's all said and done, what do you want the legacy for yourself to be? That... I was an authentic person that really wanted to help people be them best, be their best selves, and uh, I was passionate about what I believed in, and I showed I was passionate through my actions, and it, it wasn't just all lip service. And uh, so, you know, that's what I want, you know, my my legacy to be. That I made a difference. Because I took action, you know, if I had to give you the quick Cliff Notes synopsis of it. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that a person's word is worthless without action. 
what are a few small steps that people listening can take to implement uh, implement immediately 